Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CodeCast Podcast today. My name is Terry Fletcher. Today is our 329th episode, so I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm going to bring up a topic that I actually have never talked about before, but it's come up a couple times in the last week or two, so I thought maybe it's time to talk about it. And that is unlisted procedures. And I just want to give you maybe some strategies or insight for successful billing, coding, and reimbursement, because I know that's definitely a tough topic. The CodeCast is brought to you today by Select Coder. Get all the decision-making information you need to code in a single online resource. Select Coder offers you the comprehensive coding guidance required to code accurate claims the first time. Learn more about Select Coder. Visit codingbooks.com forward slash select coder. Okay, so let's talk about unlisted procedures. So the um, American College of Surgeons put out a great bulletin in 2017, and then they updated it in 2023. And so I'm referencing that a little bit, and also my um, my CPT, or I'm sorry, my yes, my CPT manual, but also the the CMS uh, Cl- Medicare Claims Processing Manual, Chapter 26. And so there's a lot of reference material in front of me as I'm talking about this. But when seeking reimbursement for a surgical procedure, first of all, you do have to make sure that you have you look to see if there is a CPT or HCPCS that already accurately and or precisely describes the services provided. But CPT also has in their directions for use in the Roman numeral section, it says if no CPT or HCPCS code exists, then report the procedure uh, using an appropriate unlisted CPT code. So I know some coding staff and even surgeons are under the misconception that unlisted codes mean you're not going to get paid. I've even heard people tell me at an APC conference I was speaking at, well, that never works. Well, it never is a long time. So let's kind of take a step back a bit and really figure out how can we get this paid and what would be the best um, avenue to go to to try to get this paid. So CPT codes, especially when it's an unlisted code, when reported with appropriate documentation, should be reimbursed. And it's really going to be the responsibility of the coding and billing staff. And I I don't don't like to put this on the surgeon because this is our responsibility to report unlisted CPT CPT codes appropriately and then follow up with payers if you get a denial and also if it's delayed. So we want to really look at, first of all, what are the reporting requirements? So it should be reported on the standard 1500 HICFA form. We know that. And most payers require that CMS standard form and you either have to submit it electronically um, in the best case scenario. Uh, some will still allow you to, to um, send it in by paper, but not very often. But reporting an unlisted procedure requires more steps than just putting the unlisted code on the claim. So you're going to have to do some things before and after the procedure than just reporting it. So to lessen your chance of payment denial for elective cases, it's best to obtain prior authorization, yes, even for an unlisted code. Most payers have a prior authorization form that does allow your office, your surgical office, 
to describe the plan procedure and the medical necessity of the operation. Also remember with the No Surprise Act, Surprises Act, you actually have to have how much this is going to cost the patient out of pocket anywhere, at least anyway, at least an estimate of that. And so you you really need to, um, at this point, follow up with that and try to start the process in this in this way. So in those instances where an unlisted procedure is performed without prior authorization, for example, if it's um, an urgent operation or an unanticipated interoperative procedure that doesn't have a code, a copy of the operative report is going to have to be submitted along with supporting information outlining the decision-making process and the medical rationale for performing the operation. That's a really big thing. Why did you do it? For Medicare patients, this documentation will be have will have to be submitted to the MAC carrier, which is the Medicare administrative contractor, so your local Medicare provider. Individual payers, they may have their own processes in place for unlisted codes. Make sure you check because I know Aetna and United Healthcare both do. It's also important to be familiar with your top payers and what their specific processes are to help expedite the claim and make yourself a spreadsheet. That's what we had to do with telehealth. That's what we have to do with certain G codes. I mean, cause some of those G codes are actually paid by uh, private insurance companies. So we just want to make sure what everyone's procedure is and hopefully you have a specific process, but make sure that once you figure out a process and you can have Medicare and then everybody else, you probably will have Medicare, Medicaid, and then everyone else um, that you have a written process and that it's in your compliance manual. When submitting an unlisted procedure, you need to have a concise description of the procedure. And that's what box 19 is for. That's a remarks box on the CMS 1500 paper form or the electronic media claim form. So this is a concise statement. Um, so if it's paper, you're only getting up to 17 characters. If it's electronic, you get up to 80 characters or sometimes less. Uh, even if the description can be summarized in this small space, you're still going to need those additional claim attachments. So it could be a cover letter. um, It could be a certificate of medical necessity. And a lot of the private plans have those, uh, a discharge summary, and of course, the most important, the operative report. So these attachments are sent with the original claim, either electronically um, by fax or email. Does anybody really take fax anymore? <laughs> but or hard copy based again on the payer's rules. There are still payers out there that will take hard copy, but now they're charging for it. And then after the claim is been submitted, you want to make sure you're waiting for that EOMB or explanation of benefit from the private plan to see if they paid you hopefully what you're asking, but at least as close to what you're asking as possible. So how do you fee set? Which brings me to money. So fee setting considerations for unlisted codes are really tough. So your charge for the unlisted procedure is included in 24F of your claim form. To support your charge, I recommend that you attach that cover letter. And here are kind of the steps you want to take. First of all, choose a comparison code. It needs to be similar to the enlisted procedure code. It should represent surgery on the same body area. So for example, you may choose the CPT code, let's say for open partial gastrectomy as your comparison code for a partial gastrectomy conducted using a laparoscopic approach. Each organ system and or the body area selection uh, section of the CPT manual has an unlisted code that corresponds to an unlisted procedure in that organ system and or body area. It's right at the end. Then you want to list two or three factors that make the unlisted procedure the same work or 
close to the same work, or it could be more or less difficult than the comparison code, but that should be documented. So for example, your letter could indicate that the unlisted procedure required a different operative approach and approximately 35 to 40 minutes of additional operative time than the comparison CPT code. I know this kind of sounds like a 22 modifier, but it's not because a 22 modifier means an existing code was increased. This means you don't even have a code for it. Then the, the third you know, part of this consideration is that indicate the difference in work between the unlisted procedure and the comparison code using a percentage. So for example, you may estimate that the unlisted procedure required 50% more time for exposure, exploration, and closure than the comparison CPT code was, and it was scheduled that way. So you always want to throw that in there too on how you scheduled it because they're going to ask for the scheduling record, I guarantee you. And then indicate the normal fee for the comparison code. And then indicate the fee for the unlisted CPT code based on the percentage of more or less work required and documentation. And also document that in your letter. So for example, you may indicate that your normal fee comparison code is $1,000. So you want you to set your unlisted procedure at $1,500 because again, we talked about that 50% more for exposure and exploration. But if that's what you're saying, that's what it has to be. You've got to be very clear on that because the payer will call you out on it. So an example, um, you know, let's say we had a laparoscopic gastrojudinostomy. Okay, well, we don't have a code for that. So it'd be 43659 for unlisted laparoscopic procedure stomach. But my comparison code would be the 43820 gastrodudinoscomy without vagotomy. We don't have a lot of lap codes that are also crosswalked to the open codes, and that's why I brought that up. One recent one that, uh, Medi not Medicare, but CPT has in the 2024 CPT book, and I don't deal with fulbectomy, but here's one that they had. It's fulbectomy less than 10 stabs. So the existing code, 37765, is stab phlebectomy of varicose veins, one extremity, 10 to 20 stabs incisions. So with that, you would want to report the 37799 unlisted procedure for vascular surgery because there's not a code for less than 10 stabs. Now, somebody said, well, I could do a 52 modifier. You could, but don't you want to get exactly what you did? And it's not, it's the lesser code. Now let's the, the carrier price it instead of the physician. And try not to just go to the physician and say, I want, you know, because they they always say, I want $5,000. You can't have it. <laughs> so you, you got to be careful with that. But also, let's say hemorrhoidectomies, for example. So there is a code 46255 for hemorrhoidectomy internal and external. And But if you're just doing in a hemorrhoidectomy external single, then there isn't a code for that. So it would be 46999, the unlisted procedure in the anal area and then you would what what is it comparison to and so again that would be the hemorrhoidectomy in uh, internal and external external single so it's similar you you have to get as close as you can to a comparison code and it, it shows them you're doing your work so um, if you're it's really hard when you're not giving them a comparison code because again then you're leaving it up to the payer for Medicare patients that the unlisted procedure performed is one that other surgeons may also perform in similar clinical circumstances, it would be helpful to share this information with the surgical representative um, on the Medicare Contractor Advisory Committee, that's called the CAC, because this exchange provides the opportunity to inform and educate your MAC medical director. 
So, you know, they know that there's a new procedure that future cases may need to be reviewed and processed more efficiently. And a lot of the MAC carriers can add their own code uh, specific to a procedure. So eliciting the support of the surgery, again, advisory committee of the Medicare contractor. So that representative provides you with the opportunity to establish those open lines of communication with that Medicare medical uh, contractor of that MAC carrier and to discuss coding and billing issues as they come up, including changes and updates in payment and other pertinent information between the contractor and again, the medical community, not just coding and billing, but now the physician has a relationship and your office has a relationship. Keep in mind that the percentage indicated in step three, that's really important because although the payer will adjust up or down from its fee schedule, not the physician's charge. They're going to adjust based on the allowable. But then also make sure you're first checking to see if there is actually a code for what your physician did. Because when reporting an unlisted code to describe a procedure or service, you have to submit supporting documentation along with the claim. You have to give an accurate or I should say an adequate description of the nature, extent, and need for the procedure and the time, effort, and equipment necessary to provide the service. And also look on the look inside the chapter 26 of the Medicare Claims Processing Manual. There's information there also on how to submit an unlisted code to Medicare. But the biggest thing is that, and where you'll see denials, is that it's not when you bill an unlisted code on one line item and that's it. It's when you try to bill for a code that exists and then try to put unlisted code on separate line items. I've seen that happen quite a bit. And the carrier usually will deny saying it's inclusive of the primary procedure. How, I don't know, I'm not saying how to get around it, but how to explain that is if it's not routine. So if it's something that's not inclusive of this procedure or it's not routinely done with this procedure, then it would not be considered incidental. Remember when we had um, the, um, the medial meniscectomy and chondroplasty before we had a chondroplasty code, a lot of people would put unlisted. Now I'm going back 20 years, but then they came up with a chondroplasty code and then everybody was coding it all the time with that, with a 59. And remember the 59 means distinct procedural service that rarely happens. And now it's with or without chondroplasty. Now they're bundling it. So to, to not have to deal with the bundling issues, especially for unlisted codes, make sure that's part of your documentation that this particular example doesn't exist and it's not something that uh, we do very often. Now, when it comes to robotic surgery, robotic surgery does have a code specific to that now in 2024, but also many of the descriptors uh, in the directions for use in that chapter will say to use just a regular surgical code. So that's not where you go into the unlisted. Please don't use it for that. But if it is a separate procedure where you just don't have a code for it, example, laparoscopic internal hernia repair. So we have a reduction of volvulus um, of the internal hernia by laparotomy, but do we have a specific that? Not yet. So we would have to code the unlisted 44238 instead of the 44050. So we don't always have a specific code. And you notice I use lap again, because one of the biggest issues I'm finding with unlisted is technique, is that we may have an open code, but we don't necessarily have laparoscopic, endoscopic, or the certain tools we're using to perform the surgery. And that's when it does become um, now a unlisted code.
The CodeCast podcast is also brought to you today by the Netflix series, The Lincoln Lawyer. Check out seasons one and two on Netflix.com and look for season three to drop in fall 2024. The Lincoln Lawyer is based on Michael Conley's book, The Gods of Guilt. The third season of The Lincoln Lawyer will have 10 episodes. I can't wait for that because one of my favorite shows. I've actually still started watching it over and over. So I appreciate um, them sponsoring our one, one of our sponsors today for our CodeCast. So as part of the my, that could have been my personal tidbit, but since we are now in February, it is my daughter's birthday this month. So quick shout out to her. So summer happy birthday. It's next week. And also for those of you that are watching the Super Bowl, I'm not sure who you're rooting for. Is it going to be 49ers or Chiefs? I don't know. So we'll, I guess we'll find out. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about it just even just to mention it on our next episode. But we'll see. I know I'll be watching. I'm bummed it's not my Steelers, but I am a football fan, so we'll see what happens. All right, everyone. Hopefully you are having some decent weather. As we saw that the groundhog said that we are going to get an early spring. Did not see his shadow. So there you go. So make it a great day. Make it a great rest of your week. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website, at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer, Joe Kuzma. Music producer, Assassin Music.